Good afternoon. My name is Clarissa Pickens and I will be your moderator for this afternoon's class. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denomination, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We hold classes in United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce to you the Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis, and the President, Dr. Edward Yule. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The apostle Paul filled with the Holy Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any letters or characters in their alphabet and will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of the Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe 
abides within the purest spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in the divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Joshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by a divine pattern of the universe. It is called a divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The 10 constitutional objectives and or aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without the distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, 
with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. And at this time, we'll have a prayer by Dr. Andre McDaniel. Our scripture lesson this afternoon will be Romans 11 chapter, and that will be read by the Secretary of the Southfield Michigan class, Dr. Shirley Nelson. Good afternoon, class. May we all bow our hearts and minds for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to come once again to learn about you and your purpose and as you are and as you truly exist. We thank you for the true blessing of waking up this morning and knowing the true name, Yahshua the Messiah, the only name that can cross us over into the kingdom of heaven. Father, we thank you for allowing us to commune with the brethren spiritually. And we ask that the bodies that come to the floor edify the souls and have you within them. Father, we ask these blessings in your son's name, Yahshua the Messiah. May the class say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Scripture reading this morning is Romans chapter 11. I say then, have Yahweh cast away his people? By no means, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Yahweh have not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Know ye not what the scripture saith of, of Elijah, how he maketh intercession to Yahweh against Israel, saying, Yahweh, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of Yahweh unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then is it no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is, then is it no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Israel have not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election have obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, Yahweh have given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David said, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back alway. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? By no means, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the nations for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the, and the diminishing of them the riches of the nations, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you nations, and as much as I am the apostle of the nations, I magnify my office. 
if by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are of my people and might have some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the rest is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, weren't grafted in among them, and with them partakest, partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if Yahweh spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of Yahweh, on them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for Yahweh is able to graft them in again. For if thou weren't cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and weren't grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness is happened to a part of Israel until, until the plan for Israel be consummated. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away wickedness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the evangel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of Yahweh are without alteration. For as ye in times past have not believed Yahweh, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy, they also may obtain mercy. For Yahweh have concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. All the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of Yahweh. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who have known the mind of Yahweh or who have been his counselors, or who have first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. I have read Romans, the 11th chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'd like to say good afternoon to the class once again. And before I call on our first speaker, I'd just like to remind all the participants to please remember to remain muted 
and calm down during, during class. And for our first speaker, I'm happy to call on Dr. Felicia Hamilton. Dr. Hamilton? I'd like to say good morning to the class. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, I'm gonna put my headphones in so you won't have any distraction. Um, I'd like for the speakers, for the readers to go and read that scripture lesson again, please. And start at, start at one. That's Romans. Okay. Go ahead. That's Romans 11 and one. I say then, hath Yahweh cast away his people? Yahweh forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Yahweh has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Want you now what the scripture saith of Elijah, how he maketh intercession to Yahweh against Israel, saying. Okay, stop right there, Dr. Lewis. Uh, what, what that helped me to remember is that we do have an advocate, and that's in Yahshua the Messiah. And that no matter how downtrodden we may be or what situation that Yahweh himself puts us in, we have to remember that he is our advocate. He has always been there and has always been a shield and a hedge around his sons, which we are. But the trick of that is you have to know that. See, it's, it's like the story of the child that's a king, but while he's a child, he's not treated any differently than the servants. But once he becomes of age and he knows that he's a king, then he acts accordingly. He acts according to the rules of the lineage that he comes from. So no so more than us knowing that we are the sons of Yahweh through Yahshua Messiah, we act accordingly. We, we walk differently. We talk differently. Our, our, even our dreams are different. We know who we are and who we represent. Therefore, we portray that to the world, not to be about, you know, have some status, but to show that it's Yahweh in us that does all things. And that's what this is saying. You have that advocate. Yahweh will never forsake his sons. All he wants you to do is to give him the time that he deserves and learn of him. So keep, keep reading, Dr. Lewis. I think you're at three. Mm-hmm. Yahweh, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thy altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of Yahweh unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Pause right there for me. Now, that makes me think, and, and we've all seen it, that stupid golden statue of, of, of 45. I don't even like to say his name. But um, it's amazing because when you think of where we are and we as sons, we always are admonished to remember that we're in a spiritual age. But you use the law and the prophets to remind you that Yahweh. I'm sorry, I don't know if I was on mute or not. No, you're good. We can okay, you. okay. Um, we use that law and the prophets to remind us that Yahweh is a pattern and he just overturns and overturns. So when you think of, and I'll have one scripture uh, reader hold it, and we'll get it in a moment, and that's the scripture of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But we are reminded that Yahweh is a pattern, and he gave us the law and the prophets so that we can remember the things that are to come. Now, that statue that they showed at, at that conference in Florida, it's just a repeat of what has been going on, you know, th all throughout the world. People want to worship the creation 
more than they want to worship their creator. Mm -hmm. The creator, they can't see. And so because they can't see him, they need to worship something they can see. But we know as being sons of the most high Elohim, we are not in a physical, uh, we, we shouldn't think physically anymore because we're still in a physical creation. We should always be thinking spiritually because that's what our father is. So continue to read there, Dr. Lewis, please. Mm -hmm. Even so then at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Now remember, there's a remnant. And, and I often heard it growing up and it's amazing because I was just talking to my husband yesterday. I said, oh my gosh, I'm the age my mother was. And I used to talk about how old my mothers and aunts was and I'm now that age. But, you know, we, I used to often hear them say a remnant of a remnant is going to be saved. So you think about, you know, where we are today and how many people don't not necessarily know the name of Yahweh, because that name has been in the world and it's in the world. So people know. But how many people have been come, have been exposed to this truth and have accepted it in their heart? That's a remnant of a remnant. Then you bring that down even more to those that have been exposed to the truth have sat under this gospel and then have turned away. That's a remnant of a remnant of a remnant. So we have to hang on because we don't have long, but it's gonna be challenging. So keep reading, but we haven't bowed our knees to the image of Baal. And that's what that statue made me think of. Keep going. Mm -hmm. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise grace is no more grace. Mm -hmm. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. So in other words, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you have done, can do, and will be able to do to deserve what Yahweh has given you. That's why it's imperative that you're grateful because it was just by election. It was Yahweh's choice to choose you to know this great gospel. Go ahead. What then? Israel has not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, Yahweh have given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. Now stop right there. Think about that. Yahweh gave them the eyes to not see. Yahweh gave them the ears to not hear. Right. So it's not, it's not okay to bash someone because they don't quote unquote get it. That was Yahweh's choice. We are characters in his book. He's written a book. He's chosen the characters. He's chosen who's going to play what role. All we can do is play the role that we've given, and that's of a son, and preach this gospel. And our hope is that because we're doing that, then the other characters that he's given to us to preach it to are then pulled in and also receive this great gospel. Go ahead. According as it is written, Yahweh have given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David saith, let their table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened, that they may not see, and bow down their back alway. Okay, now that's the same David that we're going to talk about. So now the next scripture reader, please pick up that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That is Daniel, the third chapter. Yes, Daniel. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said David. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I'll start at one. Okay. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, 
whose height was three score scubit, cubit and the breadth thereof six cubits. He okay, said, stop right there one second, Dr. Nelson. What's crazy about that is it said it was an image of gold. So we know they had that statue of 45, it was gold. And it said its height was three score cubits. And I, I forgot how, how big that is. But if you think about it, I think that statue was three feet. That's not the same height. That was a lot taller, but it was that three that caught me with this. I'm like, oh my God, Jawa, you are awesome. And remember the way this, this world, especially this nation was, if you didn't do what they're gonna do in here, if you didn't bow down anytime this person came around or you didn't kneel or obey everything that they said, no matter if it was a liar or not, you were ridiculed. And that's just what's happening in this story. So keep reading and, and just pay attention to it. Go ahead. Whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the prince, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar, the king, has set up. Now, this is all the people that you just heard her read in that story. These are all the people that have turned against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, they turned against them because they interpreted a dream before and the king favored them for that. And they didn't like that because they weren't able to interpret the dream. The king had a dream and he told his so-called wise man, now you tell me what my dream meant. But he didn't just say that. He said, you tell me what I dreamed and then tell me what it meant. They couldn't do that. So Daniel through Yahweh and he gave the credit to Yahweh was able to do that. So now there's some animosity there. Same thing in this world. If you don't bow down to this certain person or this certain group of people, or if you don't kneel for a piece of cloth that's hanging on a pole, you are ridiculed. And that's what's happening here. So continue to read. Third verse. Then the princes, the governors and captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Then an herald cried aloud, to you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, palstry, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king have set up. Pause for there one second. Now you think about that all our life when we go to sporting events, when they start playing the national anthem and they have that flag, you're supposed to stand up, put your hand on your heart and say this pledge of allegiance. We've done that all our life, had to do it in school. You know, it wasn't until I was older, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm pledging allegiance to a piece of cloth. Yeah, they may say, no, it's not to the flag. It's to what it stands for. Uh, no, it's a piece of cloth because if it drops on the ground, you guys lose your mind. And if it gets torn, you lose your mind. So it's the same thing. It's at the time you hear this. So when you heard that national anthem, you were to stand. And we know that last, maybe a couple years ago, we had some people that were protesting that. They said, I'm not gonna stand, I'm gonna kneel. And it wasn't so-called to disreflect that piece of cloth what it was to point out something else, but people didn't see it that way. Why? Because they're carnal. So even that was a spiritual thing. This person was trying to tell you about an injustice that was happening, but all they saw was you are not 
giving reverence to this piece of cloth that was sewn by human hands and stuck up on a pole. Remind you of something else? You know, it's just amazing how Yahweh does this. So keep reading, Dr. Nelson. And whosoever falleth not down in worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning fir fiery furnace. Now today that fiery furnace is, is social media. Mm. You know, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, they just rip you apart and it just destroys some people. So keep reading. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, palstery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou O king, have made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden calf. And whosoever falleth not down in worship, that he should be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Now pause there for a second. Now remember these same people that went to the king to quote unquote tell on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or the Jews in this story, those were the same people that got the king to uh, sign this decree. Because if you read back in the chapter four, he talks about, they talk about how they got to figure out how to punish them. Because they knew that these people were devout and they prayed openly, had their windows open, they didn't care. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, flip it back, like I said, to where we are now. You know, these people that kneel when that piece of cloth is put on the pole, they didn't care about what people thought. I don't care what you say about me. I'm not standing up for that crap. I'm not going to stand and, and pay homage to a piece of cloth. Okay, go ahead. 12 first. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Okay, pause there. Now, Dr. Uh, Lewis, I want you to go back to uh, the scripture lesson and get um, the fourth verse, because it's exactly what this scripture is saying that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not do. This is Romans 11 and 4. Mm -hmm. But what saith the answer of Yahweh unto him? Mm -hmm. I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. So mm. see, there you go. You got Shadrach, Meshach and, Meshach, and Abednego. They're not bowing down to this golden mm. image. Mm -hmm. And you're going to find that all through the scriptures, starting in the law and moving through the prophets into the fulfillment. And now we're in the spiritual reality of the thing. The sons of Yahweh, who Yahweh has given his spirit to, will not bow down to right. an image, to a man, to a concept, to anything that opposes Yahweh, we will not bow down to. Right. We're going to be respectful, but I tell you what, you push it, you may get an answer you won't like because the spirit of Yahweh is not a fear within us. We know who our father is and we know he has already written this story and he he's going to win in the end. He's already winning, but the world doesn't see it that way. So that's why you have that in Romans 11 and four. And now you hear Dr. Nelson reading it here. So keep reading Dr. Nelson, back up that one, that one scripture for me, that one 12, verse. 
12 mm -hmm. verse. Mm -hmm. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Think about this, and I, I have to say it because it's Yahweh. Yahweh brings this, these um, these scriptures to life. Think about what it said. It said, "Then the king was furious." Now mm -hmm. he just came through four years of somebody who thinks they were a king and a pharaoh being mm -hmm. furious for anybody that said anything against him. Mm -hmm. This is the same thing that's going on. It's the same thing. Nothing right. has changed. That's why it's not for us to say, to get upset because it's just Yahweh repeating the story for us. Mm -hmm. I've said this time and time again, Yahweh created this whole creation for us so that we may know him for a surety. So That's all cool. he's doing, once you learn these scriptures, then you know, oh, okay, I know what the outcome of this is gonna be. Mm -hmm. I already know Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't make it. He wasn't content, he didn't continue to be king. Well, then bring it on up to date. It's the mm -hmm. same story. Same soup warmed over, as they like to say. Keep mm -hmm. reading, Dr. Nelson. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, Palstery and dulcimer and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Pause. Think about that. Bring it back up to date. Think mm -hmm. back to the last four years. You had somebody that would say something against 45. What did he do? I'm this. This is who I am. You don't talk to me like that. You don't do me like this. And even now, anybody that opposes or did oppose, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to ruin your career. Same story. Shadrach, mm -hmm. Meshach, and Abednego were threatened to be thrown in a fiery furnace. And his answer to them was, and just think about it, just because I'm a visual person, I like to think about, you know, and I had, I had to say it like this, you know, black women, we can get that hair roll going. Think mm -hmm. about, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar going like, and who is this L that's going to save you from this fiery furnace? Mm -hmm. And the answer that they give him is where we should be that's in our hearts and minds. You should not have any kind of trembling, any kind of fear. It's confidence. And knowing that your heavenly father can is able to deliver more exceedingly abundantly above all. So go mm -hmm. ahead and read. Begin to read. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our Elohim, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now pause. 
And I like the way she put that emphasis in there when she first started reading. She said, we will not bow down to you or an image because we know that the L we serve is able to deliver us. Mm -hmm. Then they said this, but if he doesn't, that's right. we are still not going to bow down. Why not? Because oh, yeah. they know they still serve a living Elohim. They know that this flesh is but temporary. Right. So even if you get sick, I remember my Aunt Carol talking about this. Somebody said, oh, you know, he'll cure you. You'll be okay. And it's like, uh, she said, you know what? I'm not scared. I know where I'm going. So you have to be in your heart and mind, be okay with whatever it is Yahweh do, because guess what? All of it is for the glory of Yahshua the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So that's where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. And I want you to read that over, Dr. Nelson. And you could put that emphasis in it that you put the last time, because that's mm -hmm. where we need to be. Yahweh, who is greater than all, mm -hmm. will do his will and we, his sons, are okay with whatever that may be because we mm -hmm. know in the end we have something far greater than this flesh. I don't care how quote unquote good you think your life is. It can't even begin to compare to what Yahweh has in store for us when That's we right. leave these rotten piece of crap, crappy bodies that we're in because trust me, it is not the end all to be all. So Dr. Nelson, I need you to start that over and please give it your all. And when you read it. <laughs> That's the 16th verse. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our Elohim, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou have set up. Mm -hmm. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his vintage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was would be heated. Mm -hmm. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shanrat, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Mm -hmm. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, true, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking mm -hmm. in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the son of man, the mm -hmm. son of Elohim. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the most high Elohim. Oh, now remember. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
this king, when he first got this fire started, he said, who is this Elohim that's going to save right. you from me? Mm-hmm. Now, he's saying servants of the Most High Elohim. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. Where is that God that you were supposed to be? What, mm-hmm. What's up now? And you think about it. Go back to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, I don't know this Yahweh. Neither will I let them people go. Then after everything was over, he said, tell Yahweh to bless me too. See, that's what you have to remember. Yahweh is going to get his glory. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue is going to confess. It may not be in your lifetime. You may not see it, but trust and believe it's going to happen. And that's what happened here. So keep reading, Dr. Nelson. And Dr. Lewis, I need you to pick up uh, 1 Samuel 17 and 45 for me, and I'll be down. Go ahead. 26 verse. Mm -hmm. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High Elohim, come come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. Now, now, see, this when Yahweh does a thing, it's tight. We I used yes. to always hear the elders say that. I get it now. Mm-hmm. Yahweh is it's like when you um we have a brethren in Lansing that does canning. She has this big old garden, it's beautiful, and she cans. So when you can something, you seal that thing so well that nothing can get in and nothing can get out. It's yes. tight. Yahweh doesn't miss a beat. He he crosses all the T's, dots all the I's. So when you think about them being thrown in this fiery furnace mm. and they come out and they don't even have the smell of smoke on their clothes. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on now. Mm. You can't get it to nobody but Yahweh. So go ahead and keep reading, Dr. Nelson. And the prince governors and captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power mm-hmm. nor was an hair of their head singed mm-hmm. neither were their coats changed nor the smell of fire had passed on them That's right. then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said blessed be the Elohim of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego so first mm-hmm. you were cursing them now you blessing their Elohim see mm-hmm. how Yahweh do go That's ahead right. Who have sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and mm-hmm. yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god Elohim except their own Elohim. There you go. Praise Joshua. So I, what I want you to see and why I'm having Dr. Lewis get this new scripture is the, the courage and the conviction you should have knowing mm-hmm. what you know. Now that was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now we're going to talk about David and Goliath. And I love this story <laughs> because, you know, I, sometimes I think about it when I'm, I'm at work or whatever, when we were in buildings, I'm just this, I always say to people, I'm just a little fish in a big pond. Mm-hmm. You, know, you walk in a room with these executives and all that. And most of the time they're white men. And I'm walking in this little ruddy looking black woman with dreads in her hair. And what the hell you got to say to me? You know, and, but you have to be confident no matter what situation Yahweh puts you in. That's because right. you remember, you're not walking in there by yourself. Yahweh is always there with you, experiencing all those things with you. So you walk with the confidence like he is. So that's what David provided in this story. And I'm, now you all know the story of, of David and Goliath. But if you have time, this is school, do your homework. Read the entire story. Go back for, to the first uh, verse of uh, 1 Samuel 17. And it is beautiful the way Yahweh does things because what it shows is 
Yahweh don't look at things the way we look at them. We look at the outward appearance. We see a man, oh, ooh, he look good. He must be this. He must be that. He could be the worst. He got a nastiest attitude. But he just as fine as, as all outdoors, but just nasty. See, Yahweh don't look at the outward appearance. Yahweh looks at what's in that person's heart. So start, go ahead and start reading that 45, uh, Dr. Lewis. That's 1 Samuel 17 and 45. Mm -hmm. Then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of Yahweh of hosts, the Elohim of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Now stop. Now he's saying that because remember the Philistine threatened him, you know, with right. all this and all that. And I'm, I'm, I'm big as, you know, I forgot to say he was over nine feet tall. And uh, uh, one person did it, um, a lecture in Tampa and they talked about even the spear of his sword, not the shaft of it, but just the spear weighed 16 pounds. So this guy was huge. His mm. armor was 150 pounds. I'm pretty sure David wasn't even 150 pounds. <laughs> but David, not having any kind of fear about him, threatens this man and says, oh, you coming to me with sticks and, and a sword? Let me tell you how I'm going to get you. Keep reading. Mm -hmm. This day will Yahweh deliver thee into my hand. Pause one second. The other thing that Yahweh does, he always tells you what he's going to do. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the funniest thing to me. When you go back and you read in Exodus with the children of Israel, you go and you read Kings, Yahweh always, you know, just like I said, I'm just, I'm visual. Yeah, I just picture Yahweh like, okay. So you this, you that. Let me tell you what I'm going to do to you. And you come over here, I'm going to take this pencil, I'm going to gouge your eyes out, then I'm going to do this and do that, and just be just as calm about it. And then they're like, ha, 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 yeah, okay. And then it happens, you're like, whoa, that's what's happening now with David. That's why I laugh, because it's like, this is the Elohim I serve. I can't do nothing but be happy about that. So go ahead, start that verse over, Dr. Lewis. Mm -hmm. This day will Yahweh deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is an Elohim in Israel. So you hear the confidence in his voice? Yeah. Keep reading. And all this assembly shall know that Yahweh saveth not with sword and spear. For the battle is Yahweh's and he will give you into our hands. So see, David didn't take any credit for himself, mm. not one bit. Mm. This is who we are. We don't give our glory to another. You give it to Yahweh. Yes, we realize that Yahweh used Dr. Kinley to bring us this gospel, but it was not the man that was born, Henry Clifford Kinley, that saved our souls. It was Yahshua the Messiah that saved us. And that's who we will always give the honor and glory to. So yes. keep reading, Dr. Lewis. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Pause, pause. <laughs> Did you hear what she just read? This is a nine foot man of war that has known nothing but war since his youth, has been trained to be a warrior since he was young. Here is David, a sheep herder that has only worked in the field fighting against this Philistine. 
David didn't run or crouch. David sped up and ran towards him. Right. What about the confidence? That is confidence in your heavenly father, Yahweh. That is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown in the furnace. And before they are saying, we ain't going to be careful how what we say to you. Mm-hmm. This is us. Children of the most high Elohim saying, you know what? Incorporated place that we came out of. We don't care how you try and shut us down. We're going to continue preaching this gospel because it has saved our soul and it continues to say, that's who we are. That's Mm. what we're about. That's what Mm -hmm. we are continue to do. So just like David, we are running towards that finish line. We are Mm. not slowing down. We are not backing up. We are not fearful. Yahweh, you got this. Let's go. Let's do Mm -hmm. this. Bring Mm. it. Keep reading. And David put his hand in his bag uh-huh. and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead uh-huh. and he fell upon his face to the earth. Now keep reading because I want you to remember what David said in the beginning. Uh-huh. Yahweh always tells you what he going to do. Keep <laughs> reading. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone mm-hmm. and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Now, remember, I told you that the, just the, the blade, the, um, I'm sorry, the shaft wasn't 16 pounds. It was the other part. It was 16 pounds. So just imagine how, how heavy the shaft was. And this is little bitty ruddy David picking this sword up. Go ahead. Therefore, David ran and stood upon the Philistine. And took his sword. Took his and own drew sword. Out. Took his mm-hmm. own sword. Took the Philistine mm-hmm. sword. Go ahead. Right. And drew it out of the sheath thereof. And slew him. And cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead. They fled. Stop. And right there. David had conviction. Because like I said. Go back and read the whole story. David was saved before. He That's was, right. he tells you, he was saved from the mouth of a lion and a That's bear. Right. He right. knew Yahweh was going to deliver him. That's if right. Yahweh saved him from the mouth of a lion and a bear, he wasn't hesitant to know Yahweh was going to save him from this Philistine. Mm-hmm. But that's why we have to always remember who we have. That's why we're encouraged to read those scriptures, not mm-hmm. to prove anything to anybody on Zoom, but to get that within yourself so you know, so you have some conviction. Yahweh, you got this. Trust mm-hmm. me, I'm the first one. And, you know, talking to many brothers, they'll know I've had nervous breakdowns mm-hmm. over things. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to And Yahweh had to go, really, Felicia, out of everything I saved you out of, you don't think I got this one too? That's, right. That's a story for all of us. Just mm-hmm. remain. Yahweh has given us something far greater than this world can ever have or think that is, is worth more than money. It, it is. It's worth more than anything. You can't even buy this. Mm-hmm. Yahweh is our creator. He's our comforter. He's our guide. He's our hedge. He's our rock. He's our shield of salvation. That's why David did have armor. What kind of armor? He had the armor of Yahshua the Messiah. Yes, yes. His shield of strength. And you go back and you read that scripture. It says, put on the whole armor of Yahweh. Yes. Why? Yes. Because we are in a fight. We are in a fight for our very souls. And until Yahweh takes us out, that's what we're going to be in. But we are comfortable. We are to the point where we're like David. We run into it. Bring it on. Bring it on. Because I have the armor of the most high Elohim through Yahshua the Messiah in me, on me, and around me. 
So there's nothing you can do to me that's going to make me forsake my Elohim and my gift, which is eternal life. You got anything out of that, you give all your honor and glory to Yahweh. And with that, I'll say hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Hamilton. And before we call on our next speaker, just like to remind the participants to please remain muted and calm down. And for our second speaker, we're happy to call on Dr. Sharon Lewis. Dr. Lewis? I would like to say um, good afternoon to the class. And I want to start first off by saying hallelujah to the things that the previous speaker has spoken of. And I'm sure if you were listening, you would have gotten a lot out of what was said. Mm -hmm. What it made me think of as she was going through her comments was that Yahweh is all powerful. And Yahweh wants to tell you something, he's going to tell you something. And he wants us to understand and to know that the story that he has told has already is, is doing nothing more but repeating itself. That's what she talked about. Now, I have not talked to Dr. Felicia Hamilton. I didn't talk to her yesterday. And I didn't talk to her about the teaching today at all. That's right. She didn't talk to me. Is that correct, Dr. Hamilton? She may have walked away. We no, didn't that's, that's correct. I'm sorry. That's correct. <laughs> we didn't communicate. We went through the same things yesterday. Mm -hmm. The same identical evident, mm -hmm. evidently evidential stories that Yahweh gave. That's right. I spoke to my nephew this morning. I said the same thing. Mm -hmm. And what Yahweh showed me the weeks, the past week and all with things that have unfolded in our family is that he repeats, he repeats, he repeats, and he shares to his sons the things that he wants them to know. This is our parent revealing to their children their story. Mm -hmm. He's revealing about his business. He's revealing the love that he has. So I just wanted to say, I appreciate those things that were gone into. Mm -hmm. And I want, you know, I have nothing new to say. This is what he's telling me. Nothing's new under the sun but he's increasing our understanding. People, we are to look at the things that Yahweh has revealed already through by this divine vision and revelation that will give you confidence in these times that we are now in. That's what we need. And that's what Yahweh want us to have is confidence in him. He don't want us to waver because there are things that are already in motion already happening and will continue to happen, that you're gonna to have to have a sure foot. You're gonna to have to have some confidence. You're gonna to have to know that Yahweh is your savior. We've said it before, we see evidence now. There was a time that we used to say years ago, there may come a time that we're not able to meet. And I know many of you mean that and remember that, that time is now. We're not meeting like we used to. Granted, some classes are, and I, thanks be to Yahweh that they are, that he allows those few to be able to still get together. But for the most part, because of this pandemic, we was told to shelter in. And that was nothing more than a type and a shadow. Go into your home. 
Your own home is your body. The, where your soul dwells, that's your house, that's your closet. Go into that and understand and see Yahweh. You may not be able to call a brethren. We hope that never comes to pass, but maybe we won't. We may not be able to see one another, but you still, we still have to have something that we believe in and have been convicted in. Ooh. And that something must be Yahshua the Messiah, it must, because there's no one else for it to be, you see. So just as a, you know, getting some of that out of the way, this teaching, this teaching that we're talking about is a product of a divine vision and revelation. It was given to the founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the year 1931 in Springfield, Ohio. And Dr. Kinley declared he had a vision directly from Yahweh himself. And Yahweh told him at that time to teach his people. But not only did he have a vision of the things that we talk about in these charts that are in pictorial form, that vision made Dr. Kinley understand the Bible like never before, understand the creator like never before. He said, told his wife, Katie, I'll never be the same. You see, he was a new person, it revolutionized his very core of thinking about his creator. But not only did Yahweh give Dr. Kenley a vision, he states emphatically that he was given the divine revelation of the things that he'd seen. What that means is that he understood, he was given the understanding it wasn't no longer a secret. He was able to understand the principles of Yahweh as he really is and actually exists. He was able to understand the Godhead, which the world calls, which we know it to be the supernal nature, the breakup, the, make, the, the makeup of the creator himself. He was no, made to understand that. That was in 1931 when he had the vision. Dr. Kinley took off the flesh in 1976. I'm sitting on my bed one day and I'm just writing these figures down. I'm like, okay, 31 from 76, 45 years. Dr. Kinley preached 45 years, this gospel, this teaching. And guess what? He never changed his story. You know, nothing stays the same for 45 years, if it's a story, this was something he saw in him. And he never changed the story for 45 years. I hope everyone understands what I'm trying to say because I'm relaying it to what the previous speaker talked about. The story or the principles remain the same throughout the entire Bible. I didn't know that myself prior to coming into this teaching. I never knew that. That was 45 years Dr. Kinley preached. He passed away or took off the flesh in 1976. Well, guess what? I got my little pen again. I said, well, that was 1976. This is 2021. Mm -hmm. How many years is that? This is just for me. I'm sharing it. It's been 45 years mm -hmm. since Dr. Kinley has taken off the flesh. 
Now, I may not be able to say it or quote it or whatever, but these are significant things. We are in a time that's unprecedented. We do know that Yahweh talked about the end being declared from the beginning. So there are things that's happening that is a repeat, if you will, you see. So that's what we come to understand that it's been 45 years now since Dr. Kenley took off the flesh to 2021, you see. Those that Yahweh has set aside to understand this teaching has remained true to the things that Dr. Kenley talked about. Those are the true things. Those are the things that we can, uh, you know, take to the bank, if you would, you see. Those are the things. And we're going to continue to preach them. We're going to continue to maintain the integrity of this gospel. We're not changing it up. We're going to keep it the same. You see what I'm saying? And so I hope everyone can understand that. See? Because it's very vital, important to understand it. Now, I want you to show me the Moses. I want you to show me, excuse me, one second. If you, I have to turn down the volume. Hold on. I apologize. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. So if you can get for me the ages and dispensation chart, and this is just a testimony. I have nothing new to say. I want to declare Yahshua the Messiah as the savior. In this ages dispensation chart, you've heard us talk about it so many times before. You know, we've seen this over and over, it's been preached. And many times, I'm gonna tell you, many things that are on it and in this teaching, you may not understand everything all at once, but Yahweh by and by, he brings it to your understanding. That's what this is, is as a school, if you would. This is what we say, this is a school, it's not a church. So what you don't understand initially, Yahweh gives you understanding as time goes on. If you're diligent and have that desire to know, he's gonna give it to you. My brother, our, our, our previous dean, Dr. Eugene Brazil used to say all the time when we first came into this teaching, was to say to him, I wanna understand the teaching like you do. I wanna be able to go into things and preach it like you do. I remember saying that, I was very young. He says, you do? And the response would be, yeah, I do. He says, well, you got it. He was always assured. He didn't say, well, you do this and you do that. He said, you got it. All you need is the desire. Ask of Yahweh to give it and you got it. That's my only point. Not anything we're doing, but Yahweh wants you to seek him. And he is a rewarder of them that do that. So looking at this ages and cre uh, dispensation chart, it shows what the creation abides within Yahweh or eternity. I think it's a beautiful chart. That orange part around is depicting uh, eternity or spirit, if you would. It shows the beginning. It shows the ending. I always like to say at that point, not the beginning of Yahweh, because he always was. Not the ending of Yahweh, he always will be. So it's showing forth the beginning of the creation of Yahweh. See, and there's three physical ages 
that he listed and showed us on this chart. The angelic started out as spiritual. He brought the physical right out of the angelic. And then you see the age of consciousness, which is the antediluvian age, the post-diluvian age, and then the present kingdom age. The other two ages that you see on there, the fifth age and then the sixth and seventh sections that you see, those are spirit. So here we have the physicals coming right out of, out of the angelic and the age of consciousness or that, um, put my glasses on, the second age or the antediluvian age. That is the age, anti means anti, A-N-T-E means before the flood. Diluvian means flood. Anti is before, diluvian is flood. That's the age of consciousness and it's listed there in Adam all die. It's a dispensation, seven ages, seven dispensation. A dispensation is the ordering of affairs of Yahweh. So you see there listed on the chart, it shows the first and second endemic and the noetic dispensation. So read some of these scriptures, take your time sometime and go into the scriptures to see what this is talking about. That particular age ended with Noah and the flood and a new world was crossed over, you see. In other words, that age was ended by the flood and Yahweh calls Noah and his sons and his son's wives to cross over into another age. According to Yahweh's purpose, the first one was over and he ended it with the flood. And the only ones that were saved in that age of the antediluvian age was the eight souls that Yahweh had designated to be saved. You see, he had already purposed it. And they were saved by Noah building an ark. And that ark was after the pattern of Yahweh. It had a most holy place, a holy place and a court roundabout or an upper deck, a middle deck and a lower deck, testifying to Yahweh, Elohim and Yahshua. Just giving you some principles to pour, to just throw out there. He says, whoever's in the ark will be saved. And so Noah had to preach for 120 years, get in the ark. But the world at that time didn't wanna believe it, didn't wanna hear it. And only eight souls crossed over. When they crossed over, they crossed over into the post-Diluvian age. This is the age that has all of the, the laws and ordinances and covenants. It's a long range of history in this post-Diluvian age. The anti-Diluvian age was a short age. The post-Diluvian age is a long age. And we understand that because an age is approximately 2000 years, you see. And so therefore we now in the um, post-Diluvian age, in the post-Diluvian age, 1656, 2377 years went over 2000, whereas the antediluvian was just 1656, you see. So that post-Diluvian age, the Messiah was born in that period of time. And he walked the hills and he did all the miracles. He came in 33 and a half years. He was placed on the cross and he died. You see that line that says death, burial and resurrection. And you see that cross that says, um, and you see that cross that says um, in, okay? That was not the end of Yahshua's life, but it was the end of the things that he came into the world to do. 
See, I'm, I'm making these statements this way because I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But that period of time when the Messiah died, buried, and resurrected, as he said, and preached to his disciples that he would do. He always told them, these are principles I want you to keep in mind. He's always told his son his story. We have to understand that. This is what all this is about now. When he poured out the spirit on the day of Pentecost, that brought in the present kingdom age. Now let's stop. Present kingdom age. That means when you look at that post-diluvian, you've got um, noetic covenant. We can look, go look at, do the scripture, find out what that was all about. That meant that the way that he ended the first age, antediluvian age, or the second age rather, the way he ended that with that flood, he promised, I'll never do that again. That was the noetic covenant. He says, as long as there's springtime and, and um, seed time and winter, and he, that it will continue, as long as the earth continues, spring, winter, fall will continue. He will not end it with the flood again. Then you have the human government tower of Babel. They didn't want to hear it. I mean, it's just a repeat. They're building a tower. She talked about building images. They built it, even though Yahweh said, I'm not going to end the world this way. They says, let us build us a tower so that if the flood comes again, we can escape it. Like you can escape something from Yahweh. It's the foolishness of mankind. It's amazing. You have Melchizedek and Abraham kingdom and the priesthood, the covenants that were made there. Then number four, it says physical kingdom of Israel, law of cardinal ordinances. There were ordinances. Can I say, can I see the ordinances chart real quick? And I'm going to come right back to the ages and dispensation. But you see, ordinances. Do you know it was 603, I believe it was? You see that little scroll where it says cardinal ordinances? It was a scroll on top. It was still more ordinances up there and at the bottom. It was still more ordinances down there. There were physical sacrifices and physical laws and ordinances that they had to continue. Yahweh gave the Jews 10 commandments, but it was some 600 and some laws and ordinances. They couldn't keep it. They used to have to wear phylacteries, which were uh, reminders, if you would, little pieces of things uh, that reminded them of how to do and what to do with these laws. They couldn't remember all of them. And furthermore, those laws was only given to the Jews. It was not for the Gentiles. So you and I are Gentiles. We're not a natural Jew. You see, not after the flesh, but now we're the Jew after the spirit, but that's a whole nother different story. This is what Yahweh came in to die for. Make one man one, all men one rather. You see, so there was laws and ordinances and all these laws and ordinances. I love this chart because it's so descriptive. You see the nails there. You see the arrows pointing to the nails that says nail to the cross. That means these cardinal ordinances with that finger, the hand pointing to them, you see, is saying carnal, which means physical, fleshly, literal ordinances were nailed to the cross. And all those arrows are pointing to the Messiah. 
you see, pointing to the Messiah. He took upon all of those. He fulfilled the circumcisions. From that point on, don't be circumcising no more. That's the cutting away from a physical standpoint. But from a spiritual standpoint, you're cutting away the concepts, opinions, ideals, beliefs. You're cutting that way from your head, not from the head of the male organ, but from your heart and mind. The ceremonies, all of the bowing, the kneeling, cut them out. He nailed it to the cross. When he came in to be baptized of John, that's it. No more baptism. The baptism now is the washing of regeneration. It's spiritual. It's not physical water. It's spiritual because he came in to fulfill it. We, we didn't know, you know, look up the word, write some of the, the newer people, write it down. The older people, write it down. Look up the word fulfill. It means finish, complete, end. That's what the Messiah came in to do. So when you hear me say he fulfilled it, he finished it. He did it so we don't have to do it. That was the point. So he did that. The Passover is eating the Lord's Supper with the, but what the church world calls it. It was his Passover. They passed from death to life down there in, in Egypt. They were dead men and they had to pass through that Red Sea. You see, he, Yahshua, was our Passover, which was sacrificed for us. You see, that is fulfilled by you partaking and eating of the knowledge and understanding of him. And so forth, sacrifices, 10 commandments, all of it was fulfilled in Yahshua and the sign. I just want to show you that, that chart. And then on the right side of him, let's get on the right side of Yahweh. The right side is through Yahshua and Messiah. There's this heart that's listed here. At the top, it says New Testament is written in the heart and mind. Not the Old Testament, what I was showing you with the ages and dispensation, all the laws and ordinances, all that's done away with. That's Old Testament, all of it's done away. But he wrote the New Testament, not the oldest was written on the tables of stone, but the New te Testament is written in your heart and your mind. You see how pretty it is? I'm gonna show you. Go back to the ages and dispensation, why that's written in your heart and your mind. And get for me John 4 and start at 23. But right now, I told you we left off at the post-Diluvian age. Yahshua the Messiah came in and died the death of an outcast dog. He died the death of an outcast dog. An outcast dog is pretty pathetic. It's pretty bad. And he did that death for you and me. That's why right now, the sorrow we feel, the pain we feel, the anxiousness, the, 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 the persecution, you name it. He felt it first. You and I are not going through anything that the Messiah didn't go through. That's right. You see, he did it first. So we have to come in his likeness. That's what's acceptable, people. This is from the Father Yahweh. I didn't write this story. He did. Mm. He talks about a persecution. And that previous speaker, Dr. Felicia Hamilton, talked about that. This is where we are. But now what we have to do, because we're here, and Yahweh's showing his son that we're here, we have to, what is it, gird up your loins, put on the breastplate, 
put on the helmet of salvation, mm -hmm. have that sword in your hand, you got to be ready. Mm -hmm. I got to be ready. That's what Yahweh's saying. In your heart and mind, you better know he's going to fight this. We better know he's going to fight this. That's the point I'm trying to make. So now we cross over that death, burial, resurrection. And when he pour, ushered us into the present kingdom age by the outpouring of his spirit, that's Acts, the first or second chapter, when he poured there in an upper room, he poured out the spirit. He says, I'm going to come again. He said that in John, the 14th chapter, write it down and read it. He says, I will return. I'll send you another comforter. And he says, and that comforter will abide with you forever. He said also to bring all things back to your remembrance. That's, right. that's what he said. And that's what Yahweh is doing. He's making us remember things. He's making us rehearse things. That's what he's doing for me. I think if you're a son, he's doing it for you too. He's talking to us so beautifully in this last day and age. But we have to open up our heart and minds to hear him. That's where we are, people. This present kingdom age is a spiritual kingdom on earth. Are we on earth? Mm -hmm. This is where we are. You see, this is where we are. You know, he talks about earth being his footstool. <laughs> you know, he's big. The, the bigness of earth can be, you know how your footstool is? It's smaller than the chair. He's the footstool. He's standing on it. He said it so. Spiritual kingdom on earth. That word spiritual is very, very significant. It means not physical. <laughs> you can pull it up in Webster to get it if you want. But put, write it down and look it up. It's not physical. Let me say this again. This is for me. I'm saying it this way. But this is for, this is how I process is not, I have to say it again, it's not physical. So there is nothing physical that we can do to worship Yahweh, right. nothing. Can I have John 4, 24? That's John 4 and 24. Start at 23. 23, but the hour cometh and now is when we the truth- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We talk about the hour. That's another lecture. With you think throughout the scriptures, the hour cometh, the hour is, the hour cometh. It's an hour. And I'll just get disclose a little. Yahshua and Messiah came in. And we, when we look at that hour in a 24-hour day, it comes out to be, what is it, 33 or... Um, I can't even remember now. It's just taken from me. I can't remember what that hour comes out to be. But Yahshua was in that. It's about 40 years. That's what it is. The hour is approximately 40 point. And remember, Dr. Brazil used to say 40.6666. But it's a calculation. It's about approximately 40 years. Yahshua yeah. Messiah came in and lived for 33 and a half years. So he was within the hour. That's right. So that was his hour that has come. Because he came into the world to fulfill. You understand? So he says, go ahead and read. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Stop. For the, 
stop playing. Key words, the true worshipers. Why am I emphasizing that? Because there are false worshipers. That's right. That's what this world is reflecting. True and false, positive and negative. You see, that's what it's reflecting. So the true worshiper, and people, I can tell you, you know, it is no way ever that we can just be a true worshiper. <laughs> you ain't, right. I'll say me. Sharon is not going to be a true worshiper. Not on my own. Right. Yahweh had to give me that. He had to yes. make me that. Mm. You see, he had to make me that. The previous speaker talked about a remnant. Mm. Don't think it's not true. A remnant of a remnant. That's what he, that's where we are. There was a remnant and he brought many of us out of the church world. Then he took a remnant out of the remnant. Because mm. some of the, all of us that came out of the church world into the glorious liberty and light of this gospel mm. is not true. Mm. That's just the way it is. Remember the scripture that says all of Israel is not Israel. So he said, oh, those children of Israel were, fam were favorites of Yahweh. Mm. But all of them weren't. You see, it manifested throughout the scripture. That's why it's so important to know the scriptures. That's right. It's so important to understand what Yahweh has disclosed. So anyhow, I don't want to keep rambling on. The, the true workers, go ahead, Dr. Nelson. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. Why? For the, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. That's right. Yahweh is spirit, and go. they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I wanted that read simply because we don't have a choice. Mm. It's not our choice. It is, we used to say, go to the church of your choice. It's mm. not your choice. Mm. And the only true church is the church is the assembly of Yahweh. That Ebenezer Baptist on the corner is not the true assembly. They don't even use the true name. Mm -hmm. You see, that's not it. The true worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth because the father seeketh such. If you're going to worship Yahweh, if you're going to give reverence to him, he wants you to worship him in spirit and in truth, using his true name, understanding his true purpose. It is not willy nilly. He had a purpose. He had a plan. So that's you and me, you see, the true worker, worshipers. Is that all there is to that? Mm -hmm. Yes, I think it is. So now I'm looking at this. I'm going to get to my point and then I'll be done. This present kingdom age is the fourth age. At the beginning of this age, and I want you to go back because we're going to, I used to hear Dr. Kinley say this, go to Acts, the fifth chapter. You would hear different ones. Uh, Dr. Higgins in Springfield, Ohio, used to make me think of that all the time. He said, stay in the book, stay in the book. We keep mm -hmm. it in the book, keep it in the book. You see, because the book is declaring. That's what Yahweh in the book talks about, that the words are the inspiration of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. they, weren't, they weren't given by just a man's imagination, but they came forth through the inspiration of Yahweh, spoken of by the spirit, you see. So, you know, in the book, that's why I'm going back now. In the book in Acts, I'm gonna talk about briefly. Did you have Acts, the fifth chapter? And just, five and, I'm sorry? Five and one, or do you want to go down? Uh, let, me, let me just see it. Let me get it real quick. 
and uh, see, because it's a lot of reading and I don't want to read, have, have all of that read. That's why he's telling me now just to admonish every chance I get. And it's not, it's not about studying. It's not about all of that. Like there's a scripture that talks about much study causes weariness or something of that nature. I can't re recall exactly how it talks about, but you not that type, like I'm gonna study, 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 and I'll get the Holy Spirit and I'll be fine. You know, but study to know the, can you get it for me? I'm sorry. Study to show that self-approved. Can you just get that for me? I can't recall where that's at. Yeah, just a second. Mm -hmm. The second Timothy two and 15. Study to show thyself approved unto Yahweh, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay. So this is really what we're doing right now, you know, because through by that divine vision and revelation, we're able to understand uh, the, uh, the division or the dividing of these ages and whatnot. And then you study that, as Dr. Kenley admonished all of us in the textbook, when we read the textbook to go by ourselves, you know, get into a quiet place, you know, even studying, I believe another word is meditating. You see, you meditate, you study, you think on the things of Yahweh, and he will give you an understanding, you see. So in other words, when I go back to the scriptures over there in Acts, and I you think the 27th verse, uh, let's see. Okay, just one second. Let me just set, set a little scene here. This was after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and all that. Now this was in, and I think it was um, after, um, uh, after Peter was put in prison and all of that for preaching the gospel. This is what I want you to understand. Ooh. This scripture here was because they were preaching the gospel. The, San, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, one was uh, workers of the law, they were lawyers, others were writers, they were forever writing things, and, uh, and they did not want the preaching, you see, they didn't want to hear the preaching, um, Peter and all those boys would stand up and say, you're the ones that crucified him, you put our savior on the cross, they were just mad, they didn't want to hear that, they were insulted. You see, there's a lot of insulting going on. Now. <clears throat> you see, that's where they were. So anyhow, Peter was put into prison and whatnot. And at this particular time, I think in this chapter, he was, uh, you know, the angel of Yahweh let him out of prison. Mm -hmm. You know, the, um, the Sanhedrin council, I think it was, uh, they put him in prison and then the doors of the prisons were open. And the very thing that they told Peter not to do, he continued doing, right. you see. And so she says that she'll read it at the 27th uh, verse, but start, start a little thing. Um, I want you to go right up to um, uh, the 12th verse. Okay, that's Acts 5 and 12. Excuse me one second, I may interrupt you and please forgive me for that. But um, I wanna make one mention too. When it talks about that first sentence and by the hands of the apostles, now the disciple, the apostles were the disciples. Mm -hmm. The apostles became apostles at the death burial, after the death burial and resurrection of Yahshua. Mm -hmm. But they were the same people. Mm -hmm. We called them disciples before his death burial resurrection, apostles afterward. They were eyewitnesses. That's right. 
So that's what they were. And so go ahead and read. That's Acts 5 and 12. Mm -hmm. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to Yahweh, multitudes, both the men and women. Okay, stop. The point I want to bring out with this is that this is the beginning of the present kingdom age. Keep that point in mind. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit had occurred. These events are happening at the beginning of that age. Now keep in mind also that we said, Dr. Kinley informed us and shared with us that the end is declared from the beginning. So I'm taking one section of this beginning of this present kingdom age. What happened then? That's right. Now here you have disciples. You got eyewitnesses now who are apostles. What's the eyewitness? They saw and heard the things of Yahshua. They mm -hmm. saw him, um, you know, they go ahead and read healing sick and doing all the works that he did. Go ahead and read. Mm -hmm. In so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadows of Peter's passing by might overshadow some of them. Mm -hmm. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folk and them which were wet, vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed, everyone. Prior to this teaching and understanding, we were all sick. Hmm. <laughs> I remember when Yahweh first showed me that. We were all sick because we didn't have an understanding of him. We all need healing. I'm talking about psychologically and spiritually, people. That's what I'm talking about. You know, we, did, we didn't know Yahweh. You know, and I'm not trying to be insulting or anything, but that's what the founder, he talked about, I remember coming into the teaching that they used to say, we were DOA, you were dead on arrival. So what do you mean you're dead on arrival? I walked in here breathing. Well, what are you talking about? But without a knowledge and an understanding of Yahweh, you're as dead man. That's what he said, you see? So he had to preach to us the resurrection and we became uh, alive and alive evermore, you see? So that's why I say we were all sick. We all needed a savior. We all needed to be healed, you know? And that's what the apostles were doing. But they also talked about, in the scripture, he says, greater works than these, than the Messiah when he was walking in the flesh. He said, yeah, I, said, I heal people. I raise people from the dead, but greater works than these will ye do, you know? And what greater work is raising somebody from the dead? How about this? Raising them from the dead psychologically and spiritually. Okay. If you raise them from the dead physically, like the Messiah did, then you he's got to eventually die again. But mm -hmm. if you raise from the dead psychologically and spiritually, you never die. So I know the time is almost out. So um, let me just say this. So that's what they were doing. Psychologically, they were physically raising people from the dead. So I'm talking about now, I'm going to switch back and forth. If you're an eyewitness of Yahshua the Messiah, preaching that gospel of the Messiah, you can raise people from the dead sitting on mm -hmm. their seat. Right. So that's sitting right on your seat. You can be raised from the dead that's through right. by the preaching of this divine teaching. It's divine. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, so keep going. Go ahead and read. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Then the high priest rose up and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. Oh, they were mad. Go ahead. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. Okay. And the angel, excuse me, but the angel of Yahweh by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple to the people, all the words of this life. And, and when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and talked. Okay. The pause. High priest came. pause for a moment. The first speaker was talking about the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, we're not going to be careful with what we said. Mm-hmm. And we're going to obey Yahweh more than we're going to obey you. That's so right. here again, they say, okay, he put the angel, the apostles put them in the prison, but the angel of Yahweh opened the prison doors and led them forth and told them to go speak in the temple. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, when uh, I think it's the fourth chapter, the uh, council had told them, don't pre- preach in the name. Right. So now they back here listening to an angel. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You, see, you better be listening to it. Go ahead and read. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, the prison truly found we shut with all safety. And the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. In other words, the prison doors still had the locks on them. Mm-hmm. There was no evidence of breaking in or locks breaking. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead and read. Now, when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. <laughs> then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. In other words, there's a big crowd now. They're saying these men are out of prison and they're for those apostles. So the captains and the officers, now they're going to tread the water lightly, so to speak. That's what they think. You know, they feared the people unless they would have been stung. Go ahead and read. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest and asked them, saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Okay, pause for a moment again. Didn't we tell you not to preach in the name of Yahshua? Mm-hmm. Didn't we tell you not to be preaching this, you know, this gospel? You see what I'm saying? Now, I brought that out just to show that the end of the age is declared from the beginning, if you would. At the beginning of this age, they were told that. At the end, we hear the same thing. But as the previous speaker has said, we're going to preach. Now drop over to Acts, the fifth chapter. And just very briefly, this is the 38th verse. And uh, the time is spent. So I just want to say this, mu- this much about, um, about this. Gamaliel was a teacher. And mm-hmm. he was one of the biggest, I think, I, think, I think it was Paul, was it, that sat at his feet. But he was a teacher of Israel. Now this is what he said to the council. He warned the council. Go ahead and read. 
that is Acts 5 and 38. Mm -hmm. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men. Gamaliel says, leave these men alone. Mm -hmm. Refrain from them. Don't go up after them trying to think, to tell them to do something, to stop preaching in the name. Go ahead and read. And let them alone. Mm -hmm. For if this counsel or this work be of men, now if what you're talking about, I'm sorry, Lauren, but if what they're talking about be of men, mm -hmm. what's going to happen? It will come to naught. It will come to nothing. Mm -hmm. If this gospel that we preach be of men, it will come to nothing. That's the message that I heard. Mm -hmm. So you stand firm. What does he say after that? But if it be of Yahweh, you cannot overthrow it. Least happily you be found even to fight against Yahweh. Mm, and to him, go ahead. Go ahead, read. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Yahshua and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Yahshua the Messiah. That's and right. that, now, again, the story repeats. Mm -hmm. You're going to continue on. That's what I know in my heart and mind. I'm going to mm -hmm. continue to preach in the name of Yahshua and the things that I have heard from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because those things are true. And that's all I know. And mm -hmm. I also know that there's salvation. It is salvation unto my soul. I hope mm -hmm. someone got something out of it. If you did, give all credit and praise to Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call on Dr. Dorian Lewis. Dr. Lewis. Good afternoon, class. Good, Good afternoon. Uh, I'm glad to be here and I've enjoyed previous speakers. And uh, I'll just keep trying to keep on Yahweh willing what they were talking about. Uh, so let me try to get my bearings. Uh, what I, it, It's funny that uh, Dr. Sharon Lewis was talking about how she hadn't talked to Dr. Felicia Hamilton because that's the same thing I was thinking, the things that she was going through and the things she was talking about is the same thing that Yahweh has been working with me on. Mm -hmm. And it's about having faith in Yahweh and why we should have faith in Yahweh, what's going on in the world, what we are seeing, you understand? And it's about a, having a personal relationship with Yahweh. So a lot of times we look, we, we're in this world, we hear this often, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And I know for me, I'll speak for myself, sometimes I took that to mean I'm above the world or things in the world shouldn't affect me. And that's just not the way it is. It says you are in it, but you're not of it. And what she means, or what that means is uh, that your way of thinking, and that's what Felicia was saying, your way of thinking should be changed by this gospel. That's the point. That is the point of us learning about Yahweh. It's not to get a whole lot of facts and figures and go through the charts and sound smart. There is something that happens to you as you begin to learn about Yahweh. And oftentimes, you don't even realize it's happening. That's the way that Yahweh works. So I'm gonna try to get into some of that. But we're in this world, and I'll just start with a quick testimony. You know, we're in this world and we're dealing with all this kind of stuff. You understand? 
and you pick up stuff out from out there. That stuff rubs off on you. Previous speaker talked about the anger and just the, the general feeling that's in the world. Everybody's at each other's throats. That stuff rubs off on you. You like snowballs going down the hill. <laughs> just pick up all kinds of debris, debris and detritus and all this other stuff. So coming to class or learning about Yashua helps to clear that stuff out. That's psychologically and spiritually. We got a Romans 119 and 20 for that. Don't you got to wash your body every day? <laughs> every day? Because you pick up dirt out there. You say, I didn't do nothing particularly dirty. You're just picking up dirt. So, so spiritually so, we have to get that stuff wiped off, you know, cleaned off of us. And that's learning about Yahweh and his purpose, pattern, and plan, and his principle. So uh, I was listening to one um, Dr. Kinley lecture. I can't remember which exactly one it was. But he was taught, he, the way he, I'm paraphrasing, but the way he, it's not like he was about to say something that was extremely deep and esoteric and something that no one heard anymore, you know, because he was talking about people's disbelief and why they don't believe in Yahweh. And then what he used, he said, listen, you see it every day. He said, that sun rises and sets every day. And that's a testimony to Yahshua. So now we overlook that because we're so used to it. It's not, you know, Yahshua talked about a wicked generation seeking after the sign. It's not big. It's not bombastic. It's, it's just, it's always happened because we've seen it forever. But therein lies the mercy of Yahweh, it's the simplicity of his gospel, his, his principles, and the things that he has put forth that can make us have faith in him are all around us every single day, every second of every day. They're manifesting within us every second every second of every day but the world tell you that ain't enough the world tell you you got to be like the catholics if you and i'm not down in the catholics but you look at what they have to go through to be considered righteous or a good catholic rosary beads praying the saints it's man it's work all this but it it has ceremony it has uh ritual that seems like that would be what god is like you understand but that's not what yahweh said you see so now he put, so we be looking at, we overlook these things a lot. But Yahweh explained to Dr. Killing in his vision. You understand? And that's the way Yahweh always worked with people, is through visions and through revelation. And uh, uh, Dr. Killing wrote a textbook, Elohim, the Architect of Original Patterns. In the third volume, the foreword, it's the truth about visions and revelations. He explains these things. As the previous speaker said, it's the school. Read that. Again, if you have, if you've already read it, read it again. He talks about how Yahweh always dealt with mankind in visions and revelations. How the visions and revelations was the way that Yahweh had to reveal Himself. He said Yahweh is invisible; He can't reveal. He don't have no other way to reveal Himself. Right. But it, at, in to man, excuse me, He doesn't have any other way to reveal Himself to man other than visions and revelations. And as He explained in that forward, He took on shape and form right within the confines of man's mind. He also said in that forward that these visions of revelations were commonplace before Yahshua Messiah. And then Yahweh manifested in the flesh as Yahshua Messiah, as a physical man. You understand? So anyway, this is how he, this is what he revealed to Henry Cliff Kimmel in this vision. As the previous speaker said, we're not worshiping him. There are some people that want to do that, but that's the carnal mind. And that's all of our problem. You understand? You got to be able to identify your problem to see where you're at. So anyway, 
what he revealed through his vision is things that we hear, if we've been coming to these classes, we hear them all the time. And it's just old hat. I, I'm speaking for myself. You're like, okay, I heard that before. But therein, and now give me the scripture that says uh, the foolish things of Yahweh can find in life. It's Paul somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm? Yep, I'll get it for you. Okay. So, and I just want to go, that's what you always had on my mind. It's the simple things that we overlook. You understand? Mm -hmm. If you look, uh, give me the tabernacle chart too when you get a chance. That prove the existence of Yah. Go ahead. That is that first. Is first okay. Go ahead, Dr. Go ahead. Nelson. No, no, no. Go ahead. You go. That's first Corinthians one, and I'll start at um 25. But the foolishness of Yahweh is wiser than men. And the weakness of Yahweh is stronger than men. Is that what you wanted? Yeah, that's one of them. I know it's a couple of them, but that's fine. The foolishness of Yahweh is wiser than men. You and can there start is at the twentieth verse and go down. It's the, yes. the whole train of thought. Right. That's First Corinthians one and twenty. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Right. Have not Everybody Yahweh got an idea? Everybody, listen, that, we fall in that category too. It could just be an idea. And that's why it's each of our responsibility for our own souls, not for nobody else, not to be a part of a group. It's for your soul. Dr. Kelly said, you're responsible for that. He said in one of those lectures, those takes we got, he said, it's up to you. You want to be saved? That's up to you. You want to go to hell? That's up to you. You see, that's what that, that hit me like a ton of bricks. You see, but it's not about being a part of a group or what organization. It ain't about none of that. You need, we each need to know Yahweh for ourselves. Go ahead and read. So, all these concepts, we don't want no concepts. We want to learn about Yahweh, the way that He set it up, and the things that He said is, are true about Him and what He proved. So, go ahead and finish this. Have not Yahweh made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that, in the wisdom of Yahweh, the world by wisdom knew not Yahweh. It pleased Yahweh by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Right. For the Jew require a sign and the Greek seek after wisdom. Right. But we preach Yahshua crucified unto right. the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks <laughs> foolishness. Right. But unto them which are called both Jew and Greeks, the Messiah is the power of Yahweh and the wisdom of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Because the foolishness of Yahweh is wiser than men and the mm -hmm. weakness of Yahweh is greater than men. Right. So then how do we find out what things Yahweh preached? You understand? What did he say? So that Yahweh gives a man a vision. He gave Moses vision. He gave all the prophets vision. Through this vision, Henry Clifford Kinley said that we are, he showed us how we were made in Yahweh's image and likeness. You understand? Not like the uh, the uh, racist white people say, God's a white man. Not like the racist black people say, God's a black. He ain't talking about that. We are made in his image and we are made by his pattern. So it's not one person, not one person in recorded history that's born, that lived and died, that don't have a head cavity, that don't have a chest cavity, and don't have an abdominal region, testifying to Yahweh the Father, the pure spirit. Elohim, the word of son, Yahweh in super incorporeal shape and form, and Yahshua the Messiah, the Holy Spirit manifesting in the flesh. Everyone 
There's 7 billion people on the planet right now, and they all testify to that. I know we've heard that before. <laughs> that ain't enough, right? It's not one person on the face of this earth right now that was not born through a death-bearing resurrection. These are the proof and evidence that Yahweh gave. It's talking about him. Father, Word, Holy Spirit, death, burial, resurrection, Yahshua's death. He died on the cross. So as a man and woman come together to, to have a child, that seed, as long as it stays in the man, is dead. It's a type of being dead. I know the cells aren't dead. You understand? Cells swim. They're living little things. But if they can't bring forth life unless they're implanted in the womb, so that makes them liken it to being dead and not doing the purpose that they were meant to do, bring forth life. So it's implanted in the womb. That's a burial, just like Yahshua was buried in Joseph's new tomb. And nine months later, or three trimesters, that child resurrects a new life, just like Yahshua resurrected a quickening spirit after three days. You understand? I know. We done heard that a million times before. You understand? Where's the big, the big reveal? We want the big, the deep stuff, the sign. Yahweh said, and Yahshua said, a wicked, wicked and gentle excuse me, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after the sign, and it won't be no sign given to him, but sign of Jonah the prophet. And what's the sign of Jonah the prophet? He was in the heart of the fish, the belly of the fish, three days and three nights, you understand? Pointing to Yahshua, uh, death, burial, resurrection, in the heart of the earth, three days and three nights. You understand? It don't change, you understand? <laughs> but we overlook those things. Every day the sun rises and set, testifying to Yahshua's death, burial, resurrection. It's getting that time right now where we are, Michigan. A couple hours, the sun's going to go, so start going down. It's already going down. It's going to be buried. That's like into a death. It's going to get buried under the horizon. That's like into a burial. Yahshua, just testifying to Yahshua's burial. And then early in the morning, it's going to resurrect. That's testifying to Yahshua's resurrection. It just keep going. It's a multiplicity of witnesses. You understand? And we get tired of hearing them. Maybe I, I'll speak for myself sometimes. It's like, well, you know, you see. But this is what Yahweh gave. And we, it gets old sometimes. You ever find yourself feeling like that? Oh, I haven't heard that before. You see. But as you continue, if you, as the previous speaker talked about studying and you seek after Yahweh, see, those that diligently seek after him, Yahweh will open your mind up about these things you think you know. All there is to know. Yahweh is infinite. How are we supposed to know everything? You understand? How you know figured out everything about the union of the spirit in the flesh? Yahweh is infinite. You understand? We're supposed to be learning in ages to come. Right. You're not going to get it on your little measly 70, 80, 90 years. Mm -hmm. Not going to happen. You understand? But we can know enough to have some confidence and faith in Yahweh. And that's what Felicia was talking about. Mm -hmm. Having that confidence of the, the Daniel, um, Shadrach and them in, in the lion's den. Well, see, we want something miraculous like that. Oh, they was in the lion's den. In the, oh, no, I'm sorry. Whoever it was in the lion's den, the Shadrach and them in the furnace. The burning. Oh, you in a burning fiery furnace right now. Mm -hmm. You up against lions, ravenous lions right now, psychologically and spiritually. That's in the world every day. And it's a fight to not be pulled into that stuff. That's right. So that's why it's important to be a class. Right? Just be, you know, we just the world weighs you down. Sometimes I came front on be feeling like doing class. Like, man, I can take a day off, you know. But I feel that I owe it to Yahweh for this. Mm -hmm. He has continued to bless me. He has continued to keep me. That's See, right. Overlook it. We overlook it. 
you and Yahweh's making me more and more. I know my time is almost up. He's making me more and more aware. You woke up this morning. That's right. That is Yahweh having mercy on you. Yes. You have another chance to learn something about Yahweh. Right. To get something corrected in you. That's right. And that's what Dr. Kinley said in another one of those lectures. I, I've been writing down as I'm listening to him for the 10th time where I hear this stuff because I keep quoting them, but I don't know, can't tell you where to get them. But <clears throat> he says he was using the example to show why this teaching he talked about. He said, we're not going to go with that racism thing, black against white and all that. And, he, and his example that he used, why? He said, look, he said, black man, white man, Chinese, he said, we all have to be changed. That's right. Every last one. That's right. Black man got to be changed from a carnal mind. Mm -hmm. White man got to be changed from a carnal mind. Mm -hmm. Jew, Gentile, male, female, regardless of your sexual orientation, what you identify as, you got to be changed. And that also is why we don't write off nobody. That's right. Because always one that determines that. And that's what Paul said in the scripture we just read today. He talked about the Jews that have fell away. He said, it's possible if they come back, for them to be grafted in. That's Yahweh's, Yahweh's the, the savior. It ain't me and you. It ain't writing off nobody. <laughs> what we gonna do is preach this gospel as Yahweh gave and try our best to learn about him, understanding you gonna go through the same death, burial, and resurrection cycle. You will falter. You will yeah. fail. Yahweh will lift you up. That's the confidence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I, I done messed up. But Yahweh is merciful. Yes. yes. I woke up this morning that means he ain't done with me yet. I That's right. I can have be corrected. And the more you learn about Yahweh, you see, oh, it's a whole lot I got to be corrected about. Yes. Yeah. Cleanse me of my secret faults, as the scripture says. So That's right. and only Yahweh knows those things. So mm -hmm. continue to have faith. Yeah, I know I didn't get into much, but I mean, these witnesses, don't be looking all off in the sun, moon, star. You're looking at them every day. You understand? Look, how about this? Right now, we are hyper aware of germs and bacteria because of the coronavirus, right? We all worried about wearing masks and all that, right? Listen, this is, didn't just start with coronavirus. Your immune system, Yahweh put a witness to Yahshua inside the Holy Spirit saving and protecting you every day, put it in your body. It didn't just start, now we are aware of it. I mean, we're more aware of it now. Every day you are here, before coronavirus, no matter if it ain't flu season or it is, your body, your immune system is fending off attacks from pathogens, bacteria, viruses, every day, and you are none the wiser. Mm. And that's what I'm talking about. Y'all are doing stuff you don't even realize is happening. You see? So we got to go through some trial and tribulation sometimes, or in other words, we get sick so that we can realize we got an immune system. And then when you get sick, what you're doing, now you're trying to help your immune system out. You're more focused on it. I'm going to take some vitamin C and eat some chicken noodle soup, you know? And the other time you eating like, you know, eating a bunch of junk, your immune system still working for you. You see, now you're paying more attention to it. So we got to get sick. That's part of the process, right? Look at it spiritually. Part of the process. You go through things. You have to deal with things. But Yahshua is fighting for you the whole time. He mm -hmm. put the witness in your body. So yeah. you cannot believe in Yahweh. That's fine. It don't negate the fact that, that you got an immune system. And that immune system testifies to Yahshua's side. The Holy Spirit, you understand? Mm -hmm. And so the point is not seeing Yahshua on the cross. 
not looking at him in a man, some fleshly man, some building, some organization, some religion. It's to see him in you. Paul wrote it. Sometimes, you know, you have to remember that it takes a re- I have to remember that it takes a revelation for any of us to know anything about Yahweh. We can look at the facts and evidence and still not see it. That's right. But sometimes you read some of the stuff, it's like, what are these people looking at? <laughs> How can they not see that? Mm-hmm. Paul said, even the mystery, which is the Messiah in you, right. not in your pastor, not in your dean, not in your mama, your daddy, your husband, your wife, your kid, in you, mm-hmm. you got to see it. You see? That's and right. you recognize and rely on Yahshua in you. It ain't you puffing your chest out. But you recognize that yeah, uh, Yahweh is in you. And he changes your heart and your mind and changes your confidence. That's the point. We are to be changed. It ain't an easy process. It's not a quick process. You understand? Sometimes we want it to be. And I'm telling you, that is a myth. You're going to be, look, last thing. We was kids. We used to drive with my dad. Y'all know, most of y'all know how he is. He always got something to say. And we, you know, as kids, you know, when are we going to get there? Why are we here? Where are we going? Why are we this? He said, listen, you along for the ride. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. You see, you don't, you don't have no say-so on this. You ain't driving. It's the same way in our lives with Yashua. You along mm. for the ride. Get comfortable. Mm. Sit back and get comfortable. Mm. And what will help us is to learn how Yahweh set it up. Instead of trying to interject my ideas. And, well, I don't think it ought to find out what Yahweh say about it. That's yeah. right. That's the point. So hang in there. Focus on Yashua. Again, I say, I thank the brethren who putting out these tapes and doing the transcripts. And if you ain't heard them, do yourself a favor and try to listen to them. I mean, it's something you hear from the horse's mouth. And I'm going to be frank, and this is not a, a slight against any of us. I just, nobody can preach it the way he preached. I ain't heard right. nobody preach it like that. So, and you get an understanding. He always ties it up. It makes, you know, mm-hmm. it might take a while to get to this point, but he's going to tie it all together. That's and you be like, okay, I understand that. Mm-hmm. So hang in there, have faith in the Yashua. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And this brings the end to this afternoon's class. We would like to thank all of the speakers, our visiting brethren, and all participants for joining us this afternoon. We hope that everyone was edified and asked that you come back and study with us. We hold classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time and on Sundays from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. We would like to ask everyone to remain muted until the host has indicated the recording has stopped. We will now have the axology taken from the last two verses in the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.